It's the coffee. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm Andy Bates. <laughs> I'm Sarah Colseth. <laughs> Monday, March 2nd. Happy March. Happy March. There's a lot. It's um for our Texas listeners, I have to say, happy Independence Day. This is true. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. We have, we have what, two people, two hosts in Texas. And, and lots an of Texas listeners. And an honorary host, Sean Smith, and lots of Texas listeners. So happy Texas I was Texas a Texan for a while, too. Independence Day. I was not. I lived in Texas for a while. Did you see what Pastor Apple made for breakfast today? I did. That's actually why I knew it was Texas Independence Day. (laughs) Texas-shaped eggs Texas-shaped eggs. It'll be Texas-shaped everything, I'm sure. I'm really hoping he keeps putting stuff on social media. We made Texas-shaped Christmas cookies this year. We did. Yes. I know. It is uh, Monday. It's Mental Health Monday. And we're going to chat with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman in just a moment because it's Monday and we need it. And also, March is Abilities Awareness Month. So we're going to check in mm. with our friends at Bethesda Lunities in the second half of the program today as well. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out Concordia University, Wisconsin.w.edu. Live uncommon. Good morning, Deaconess Heidi. It is time for Mental Health Monday. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> How how interesting. We're talking about suffering and faithfulness today. I'm curious how those go together. Mm-hmm. How do they go together? Uh, how do suffering and faithfulness go together? Is that, Do you want to start there? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good, that's a good start, you know. Um, I think that suffering is so, like, impactful in our mental health and impactful in our life in general. You know, we go through... Uh, childhood and then young adulthood comes in and stuff comes in like there is some suffering and there's losses but suddenly there's this place in adulthood that happens where we hit upon perhaps our first really major episode if you will of suffering something happens you know whatever that is and we have to be the adult who handles it I think is the big difference and that is where the rubber hits the road of what faith means in our life, what its purpose is and how we make meaning and all of that. And so I think so often when that happens, our first go-to response is, am I faithful? Like, it, I must not be because this wouldn't be happening to me if I'm not faithful or is God good? If this is happening to me, how can that be possible if we have a good God, which is what I believe this whole time. And so you can start to see how that would really impact our mental health, our sense of shame, our sense of worthiness, and all of that. And I think the Christian church, you know, we really need to work on doing a better job of putting these two together intentionally before those times come in, helping people see that suffering and faithfulness go hand in hand, that in scripture, the the concept of steadfastness always assumes trial around it. And the concept of holding fast to our faith, holding fast to each other and to Jesus, and especially in areas of marriage or in the church, those are places where 
our faith is tested. And so we're going to see these things happen side by side. And we need to have the people in our lives who are going to speak over us words of hope and words of meaning and purpose and insight that lead us to Christ, that show us him again and again, because there will be suffering. We're all, we're all going to have it in our lives. Yeah. And how, how is it, uh, even more, I don't know, unique, particular, uh, with, with a mental health diagnosis or, or a mental health difficulty, you know, something, something beyond just, um, just a suffering that may, that may come and go day by day in our regular lives, but, but something of, of a diagnosis that, that you're going to have to live with for a while. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think we it's easier to deal with suffering that we know is going to kind of move along, mm -hmm. <laughs> like move yeah. along, please. You know <laughs> that. OK, yes, I went through a hard time, but I'm better for it. You know, mm -hmm. it's easier to get that kind of spin on it and its mm -hmm. purpose and growth orientation to it. But especially in mental health diagnoses in particular, you have first of all, the stigma associated with it, mm -hmm. you know, the, and we have a concept in our culture today that's very choice oriented, like that we wouldn't be going through this. We wouldn't have depression or anxiety or even a severe and persistent diagnosis like schizophrenia, or we wouldn't have addictions if we simply just chose to focus our mind in the right direction, or if we chose new thoughts, or if we chose those different things. And the reality is there's always a, a part of that in everything we do. There is, God gives us free will and we have a lot of choice, but that is a little too simplistic, particularly when someone's suffering. And I had was just reading this book on loss and mourning and grief. And one thing it noted is when we're trying to speak to someone who is struggling, who is suffering in some way, that we need to recognize whether they need a witness for their physical pain or for their spiritual pain and respond to each of those things separately. And I thought that was really insightful. And so in a mental health diagnosis in particular, what is the physical pain that, you know, what's the earthly pain? What am I dealing with right now, right here? And what is hard about that? And how can I reflect back to that person that they are seen, that they are heard, that that is hard and that God sees and hears because it is hard. And then what is the spiritual pain? You know, how does that connect to the places of faith and joy and hope and all of that that we need? And just being able to walk in and know that those two things are very connected, but different things is a really powerful recognition. What does that say then? What, in terms of bearing one another's burdens, mm -hmm. can you speak to that? I don't know if I can make the connection. <laughs> the synapses aren't going off in my brain, yeah. but, the, no, but the correlation there. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm like currently writing a book on this, actually. The, the fact that we walk into all the messes of people's lives, and I think step one is getting comfortable, getting a little cozy with other people's messes, and that means also getting cozy with our own. I think for whatever reason, we have this idea built up in the Christian church that if your life looks cleaner, then like God must love you more. It's this really weird unspoken thing. And I don't know where it came from because the Bible doesn't say it at all. It's the social uh, gospel mm -hmm. that mm. that came out a couple generations ago Yeah, that, that fix yourself up and pull yourself up yeah, by your bootstraps. Right, right. It's mm -hmm. that social gospel that... Uh, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, sorry, yeah. I totally interrupted. No, no, that's really good. I think you're right, like recognizing where that comes from. And we, for whatever reason, have really held on to this. And it's time to, it is really uncomfortable to sit beside people in their struggle and in their suffering. But the more and more I read scripture, the more and more I realize that Jesus is so connected and so clear often in the suffering rather than in the not suffering. If we want to see him, we can walk into those places and spaces and let him show us himself through his word and through our need and desperation for his body and blood and for baptism and for community that is the church and connection in so many different ways. If we don't have suffering, we don't see that as clearly because it's not so needed. You know, we're not at our place where we uh, just very much need him. And I don't think that's a small thing. And so if we dive into scripture, if you look at Jesus's own suffering and look at Paul's connection to the ideas of suffering and faithfulness, I think we'll get a much clearer picture of this. And I don't know if someone just needs to write a Bible study about it or something. <laughs> I won't be doing that anytime soon. But I think, you know, getting, getting to a clearer place where we understand that faithfulness and suffering are intimately connected, not separated in any way, shape, or form that will impact our mental health as well as our family relationships and the relationships we have within the church yeah. and how we give the gospel to other people, you yeah. know? <laughs> how, we, how we reach out to people and reach in to their struggle. And like you said, Andy, bearing one another's burdens, that assumes burdens are gonna be had and that that's not the absence of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and because we all have burdens and because we all suffer, maybe not in the same way, uh, that, that is a way for us to have that empathy for each other and, mm-hmm. and build each other up, uh, because, because we can, we can speak the gospel to each other. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we have the words of God to speak to each other, uh, and, and to share the, the faithfulness of our God to us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have also left that to pastors a little bit to do, you know, mm-hmm. and they love yeah. their job. They love it. And they're really good at it, at proclaiming the gospel in people's lives when they're hurting. But the reality is that God designed the whole church to do that. And so our pastors are simply meant to lead us and help us to, you know, answer our questions and direct us and show us the word and what God is doing in that moment. But we have the ability to walk into those spaces too. And I think our pastors love that when we do that and when we do genuinely bear the burden together. And I would just say, use the words with people. God does not think less of you because you're suffering. God does not believe that you're not faithful and that's not why this happened. We so often steal from the world their ideas and put it into our Christian faith and then just put Jesus alongside of it. You know, we have to, again, go back to scripture and find out what God himself says about suffering. There is no shame in suffering. Jesus himself took on the cross and Hebrews 12 tells us that he despised the shame of the cross. And that tells me how much he cares about our own shame and that he is the person that can put it down and put it outside of our lives for us. Well, now you've just opened up a whole door. Can you do some research and write a book on 
mutual conversation and consolation of the brethren, because that's really what's coming to mind as you were sharing uh-huh. that, too. So yeah. th- in your spare time, can you do that? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll get on that today when we hang up. You know, that will be my job. <laughs> Write this book with very large words. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to have very large words. I mean, <laughs> Those were very large words. That you used. Mutual conversation and consolation. Right, we'll those... just call it bearing burdens. There you I go. like that. That's a good one. <laughs> yes, go bear someone's burdens today, <laughs> listeners. You know, I think the first step in marrying suffering and faithfulness is walking into someone's pain and saying, I'm not leaving just because it's painful. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we when we sit beside someone, we feel their pain and being, again, a little comfy and cozy in that and knowing that that we can do that because Christ is standing beside us is mm-hmm. such a huge thing. And you're right. That is mutual consolation. And we want to walk into that and have more words for that. I love it. Deaconess Heidi Game and Mental Health Monday. Thank you so much. Always good to chat with you. Thanks for having me. See you next week. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. More Coffee Hour on the way. Bum, bum.